Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Dr. Rosalind Clark here today with Max O'Brien, and it's day 793 since we came back on the air. Any news, Max? Unfortunately not. We're still in the dark about Deerfield and Rockport, the two nearby communities. I keep hoping we'll run into someone else who we might convince to go out to either of them and get an update, but for right now, there's really nobody passing by. That's very worrying. It sure is. And none of us can go because we're still putting things together around here. It's too bad none of us are marathon runners. We could just run out there in a few hours. That's harder than it looks, Max. Marathons are very physically challenging. Can you imagine running for over four hours? Because that's how long it takes to run a marathon for an average runner. Well, I did say that it's too bad we aren't. If we had trained for it, we could do it. True. Or we could use a little chemical assistance. What, like steroids or something? Sort of. I read a thing once upon a time that said that a guy used something called, um, oh, what was it? Um, stripe mind? Wait, are you talking about Thomas Hicks? The guy who used strychnine in the 1904 Summer Olympics? Maybe. Max, do you even know what strychnine is? I will confess I do not. It's basically rat poison. What? So why would somebody use it in a marathon? Because it causes muscle spasms as part of its toxic effects. Death from strychnine poisoning is extremely painful because of seizures and cramping. But in small doses, it can cause muscle spasms that are interpreted as extra energy. But it's still poison, right? Oh, definitely. The 1904 Summer Olympics were such a fiasco. Modern sporting events wouldn't even begin to consider some of what went on there. First, they scheduled the marathon event for the afternoon instead of the morning. This meant that it was about 90 degrees with high humidity, so the heat index was more like 135. Then they ran it on a dirt road. The track began and ended in the stadium, but the majority of the course was on an unpaved surface, and the race organizers were monitoring everything from cars, so they were kicking up a lot of dust. That all sounds really unpleasant. Oh, I'm just getting started. Next, there was only one water station, about... 11 miles into the course. Of the 32 people who entered, only 14 finished. Was that Thomas Hicks guy you mentioned earlier one of the finishers? Oh, yeah. In fact, he won. What? Technically, the first person to cross the finish line was a guy named Fred Lors, but he was disqualified after it was discovered that he'd actually given up about nine miles in and was picked up by a car, which drove around so he could wave to the spectators. The car broke down at the 19th mile, and so he picked it back up and jogged to the finish. That's astounding. Tomix Hicks was next, but like I said, it was a very unusual finish. With 10 miles left to go, Hicks wanted to stop and lie down, but his trainers prevented it. They gave him one milligram of strychnine and some brandy. Brandy? And sent him on his way. It didn't revive him for long, so... They gave him a second dose of one milligram of strychnine. He hallucinated, was barely able to walk, but made it to the stadium where his trainers picked him up by his elbows and carried him across the finish line with his feet still shuffling as if he were running. And the judges allowed this? Oh, yeah. They gave him the gold medal. Common medical opinion these days is that a third dose would have killed him. As it was, he still nearly died at the stadium but was given medical attention and lived. 
He ran several more marathons at various other locations and died in 1952 at the age of 76. That is the most astounding thing I have ever heard. The late 19th and early 20th centuries were a wild time. But to get back to our present situation, I don't think anybody is going to be running all the way to Deerfield anytime soon. So we'll just have to wait and hope that someone is coming from that way with some news soon. It's so frustrating. Having to wait for even the meager things we had before the horde got here. Good things come to those who wait, Max. That's really the only advice I've got for you. And now, with nothing left to report, let's wrap this up. You got it. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Max O'Brien and Dr. Rosalind Clark. Take care of each other.